The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hail Varsity. We're presented by Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Jay Moore coming up in about an hour. Well, we'll do a black shirt Monday, hour two. Charlie McBride at five, Jay Moore. At 5:25 on uh, Cincinnati's run, the NFL weekend. We'll stick with some more recruiting and Ishmael Smith Flores also reaction to Jacob Hood, and in the stream, uh, it's a fascinating discussion. Brian has weighed in. Dion's checked in. Nick has had some thoughts, and this all kind of got kicked off a little bit earlier by Elijah asking the question about is it coaching or is it recruiting. And just to reset here, uh, and I love the the conversations, Elijah. I'm gonna assume it was over a ice cold beer watching football this weekend. Uh, you had the uh, the argument with his brother in law, Jameis Winston, out of Florida State, willed his team to victory. Uh, I say coaching because Nebraska's had multiple years of top twenty five recruiting classes, and they failed to produce. You know, and that's that, that that's that is frustrating for Nebraska fans. And the way I look at it is this with, with recruiting, and I, I kind of go back to Osborne to show my, my age, but I also go back to Osborne because of how elite he was and his staff was at recruiting. And you think in Nebraska for, for years and years and years, they were going 9-3, and 10-2, and, and, and who was beating them? It was, it was Oklahoma, and OU recruited at a, an elite level. Sometimes legally, bless them, <laughs> okay, and sometimes not legally, uh, and and they're watching a bowl game, okay, because they're on probation. They're not on TV because they're on probation, but they 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 had more dudes like Keith Jackson's Jamal Jamel Holloway, uh, Marcus Dupree. Nebraska did fine with Irving Fryer, Dean Steinkuhler, Turner Gill. Uh, Tom Rathman. I mean, go down the list. They were all loaded. Difference is, is like, just as an example with Oklahoma when it comes to recruiting and coaching. Oh, you'd throw those guys in as like freshmen or redshirt freshmen. They had guys that were just different, and they'd come in and, and ball, right? Nebraska'd lose to the Florida schools, and uh, then Colorado kind of caught up with them. But for the most part, Nebraska, Osborne, his staff, they were so good at recruiting and then the development. They got a certain player that some were, were ready early, and it took more of the Broderick Thomases to convince, hey, play us early. We'll be okay. Let's play Steve Taylor early. He's damn good, okay? And eventually Nebraska shifted to that. Tommy Frazier played as a true freshman. But that wasn't always the norm. So Nebraska recruited at a high level. They developed at an even better level for for decades as to, to what built the the team you want uh, Nebraska to get back to. As we talk here and now, Jameis Winston was an elite talent, 
as good a talent as he was to your, you know, your 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 argument with your your brother-in-law, he was as equally a knucklehead. So there was some give and take, but he he made that offense go and once the Jameis Winstons of the world left Florida State, Jimbo Fisher got the hell out of Tallahassee because it was uh, it was not even close to to what he needed to have talent-wise. So above all, well, is it recruiting or is it coaching? It is going to be I'm going to side coaching 60-40 just because of of that talent identification needed. And if you miss on the identification, what do you do about it? That's also part of coaching. Well, you mentioned Jimbo Fisher. Look at what Jimbo Fisher did this past year at Texas A&M. And I know it's been uh, somewhat of a smaller sample size there at A&M, but he's doing great on the recruiting trail, and the results on the field aren't matching it because – I guess you can't point to coaching specifically, but with all that that collection of talent together, it's got to be something. I don't think you can blame the 30 different five stars they have down at Texas A&M. I think there's something on going on behind the scenes where you look at it and you go, well, coaching's more important, obviously. But then you also look back and you, you look what happened to TCU against Georgia in the national championship game, and you say, well... TCU was averaging mid-30s in their recruiting classes, and they just went up against a team that's been, you know, number one or number two for about six straight years now. And the talent that Georgia just put on the field was so much better than what TCU had. And you go, recruiting's more important. It doesn't lie. It's a healthy mix between the two in that, you know what, great coaching can make the 45th-ranked recruiting class look closer to a a a top 15 recruiting class. It can get you to a conference championship game. It can win you 10, 11 games. But I don't think that 45th-ranked recruiting class is going to win you a national title. But then again, you have great recruiting like you see at Texas A&M, and just because you have great recruits doesn't mean you're going to go make it to the national championship game. So there may not be a correct answer here at all, but I'm, I'm agreeing it's with you whenever case. it's... It's case by case, but I'd venture to say 60-40 coaching to recruiting is probably the fair answer. Listen, and what you may bring in a kid that has elite speed, an incredible first step, is as strong as pick some Greek god, okay? I mean, think of all the, 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 the physical traits that help you win on a football field. May have the best arm you've seen, maybe a lightning quick. Are they coachable and can they be patient? How do they handle struggle? How do they grow up? What's their maturity level like? I mean, all of that is the crap you got to deal with, aside from just calling a play on third and eight. That's what you got to be nails with, is getting the buy-in and acceptance are you getting a kid that's coachable he may have all the talent in the world but is he coachable or not and and that i think jimbo's probably running yeah dude i'm i'm picking out rolls royces awesome we know they're fast we know they're luxury um are they going to break down does the gas mileage suck i mean it's not all perfect is is what i'm getting at and from a nebraska standpoint i think you're you're getting. You, you want to get to a point here with this this reset where you have talent that's equal or better than what you're facing because you the, this whole staff has studied the Big Ten. They they know what they're getting into, and they know that they've got to be able to to formulate a, an identity on both sides of the football to win ball games, right? And it's going to be centered around the lines of scrimmage. That's getting after the quarterback. That's running the football, and that's being able to sprinkle in some some speed. I mean, they, they want to be fast, be faster than who they're facing, but above all, it's going to be meat and potatoes. Um, so the, the, the assistants have studied 
the Big Ten, they have an, an idea of, of what they're going to be facing, and they know they're going to have to uh, adjust and adapt on the fly. Well, I like this, this, this comment in from Nick here on the, the recruiting versus coaching comment because, I mean, you're talking about Nebraska is the, the case study, but he says, uh, I guess we'll have to go out to Boulder where Dion will answer the question of coaching for recruiting, coaching versus recruiting for us over the next couple of years, and I, I think that's a very good take in that Dion's unproven as a coach, at least a college coach, um, but he's got the recruiting acumen underneath his belt. At, at the, the at this level. Power 5 level, yes, yeah, absolutely. At, level, yes. at the major college football level, so uh, maybe the, that's a good place to get it answered. That's a, a great comment in from Nick. So, Nick, appreciate the comment. If you want to chime in, give us your thoughts. You can give us a call, 402-466-3776, or chime in on our live stream, Hail Varsity YouTube page, the Hail Varsity Twitter page, ESPN Lincoln on Twitter and Facebook as well, where you can check out the live stream. Recruiting or coaching, the, the great debate, what is going to power your team to uh – the heights you want to achieve. Uh, Ishmael Smith-Flores, let's spend a, a minute here. We kind of teased last segment. The other commit for Nebraska this weekend, uh, the, the tight end, Bob Wager from uh, Arlington, Texas. Martin, of course, Wager on staff. Uh, his uh, pickup and uh, connection, he, he was able to talk Ishmael to, be, to, to, to come play football for him in high school. And he's 6'5", he's 210". And you look at, at the why here. Why is Ishmael Smith-Flores, who's a Hawkeye legacy, his daddy was a high-level ball player for Iowa. Uh, Iowa was his first offer. Uh, and you look at all the Iowa tight ends doing work on Sundays and even into the postseason. Smith-Flores is going to be a flex tight end for Nebraska. Um, his host for the recruiting visit was Thomas Fedoni, which was cool. And just some comments from Fedoni about Wager and Rule. Uh, Fedoni really likes what, what is here in Lincoln. Uh, as far as the, 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 the reason to get a guy like Smith Flores, you want those matchup issues. You want to be able to move him around, get some mismatches on the defense. What made it work for Smith Flores was the track record of Coach Rule, what he's done with player development, what they've done with guys to the league, and what he's done with football programs. And there's just trust. There's trust with your high school coach and Wager. There's trust with Rule. Wager left a great situation to come uh, do his thing at the college level. The culture and the fan base, what Nebraska is all about. Those are all some comments from Smith Flores. Good stuff from uh, Brady Oltman's HailVarsity.com on that commitment. So, uh, listen, two good gets for Nebraska, and uh, they're not done. You still have uh, the second signing day. But what did we talk about? Nebraska needed another body on the offensive line. They've got that. They've got more bodies to come off the edge. And the, the majority of these gets have been from the SEC or Power Five. Uh, I, I would say, what, seven, eight, eight out of ten from the um, – from the SEC, of course, a couple of Baylor gets, gets and, and a Georgia Tech get. Who's on the horn? We've got John on the line. John, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, Smitty. Hey, I love the debate between coaching and recruiting. Um, I remember Coach Eckler back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, Mike Eckler, he, he said one time, I remember him saying this, and he said, um, it's not the, the big fish that get away that kill you. It's the five-year mistakes that are on your roster. It's just non-productive players. And so 
I totally think that is that is on the money. It's like if you can get guys that will stay with you and develop and work hard and be productive in some way, shape, and form, that's a winner. And and uh, you eventually will get some of those, you know, game changers. Um, the Tommy Frazier, mm-hmm. the Lawrence, you know, Lawrence. Th- that's Phillips that's one. That's generational gets. We all know that, and yep. they they are. They are incredible, and to get them together <laughs> is is really incredible. But, John, your point, and, and Eckler nailed it, and, and Eckler's been just a, a beast of a recruiter. Love the guy. He's right. You've got to have somebody doing something for your football team, and he may not start, he may not play, but is he good for you on the scout team? Or did you put enough time, energy, and, and resource in that, damn it, by year four he should give me something beyond – Taking up a, a locker a locker spot and and being a good good dude. I mean, there's got to be some. He's got to do something on the field. But absolutely, you can't whiff uh, on a guy. Just think of there's a recruiting class. This is right after Sue, where Nebraska lost, lost. This is right after Sue. I think it might have been 2011, where they didn't have a they didn't have one of those defensive linemen pan out, not one. And and I could walk down the the names. If my memory wasn't so jacked, but yeah, you just can't have that type of miss. And the and these were guys that that did do it was three four year air quote mistakes. You don't want to be labeled a mistake as a recruit, do you? Ever that that hurts. <laughs> that hurts, but it hurts the program because it's taken a spot. Exactly right. You know, and I think we're the toughest guys to find, and I think. Um, Nebraska is really a, a litmus test for it. Are the guys in the trenches? Mm-hmm. I, I really think you can find skill guys pretty much all over the place, but boy, it's hard to find athletic big guys. Yep, so. John. Thank you so much for the phone call, Bud. We're up against it. Good insight. More thoughts with Hale Varsity as we continue. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, if you're on hold, stay there. We'll get to more of your phone calls. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. Big thanks to many of you uh, chiming in here on the stream. can watch the show, participate. Email chris at halevarsity.com, 466-377-6800-825-5865 and different ways to, <laughs> to watch the show. Chris uh, uh, at halevarsity.com is the email. But the, uh, the, the streams are, are uh, a plenty for you. The Hale Varsity YouTube channel, Facebook and Twitter with ESPN Lincoln, and the Hale Varsity YouTube. Uh, check that Twitter. Hale Varsity YouTube, yes. The Hale Varsity Radio Twitter. I will get my bleep together at HVarsity Radio. But we're talking the, the topic of, you know, what's, what's most or more important, right? What's the percentages say? Is it recruiting? Or is it coaching? Uh, Pete's been on hold. Pete, go ahead. Thanks for the phone call. How are you doing today? Good. What do you say? Oh, definitely coaching. Uh, I can give you several examples. Um, a coach that can can see a kid's size and see how he can develop in two years is coaching more than talent. Uh, well, it's talent that's undeveloped. Uh, if a coach has got rules and he sticks by those rules for everyone, uh, makes a big difference. How many kids will fit into your process 
and, and excel in your process uh, is critical. Bringing kids in that love football and love to work is critical. I, I believe coaching is a huge impact. I believe you can win with a little lesser talent. If you look at Osborne in the 80s, he wasn't the most talented team, but he was right up there playing for national championships. We didn't win them because we didn't have the talent and the process to go together. But once he got the talent in the 90s, you could see what he did with it. So I, I, I believe it's coaching. Pete, totally get you. No, that's that's kind of where I'm leaning as well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the phone call. But I think you can always make the counter argument as if, if we give Matt Rule and his staff a team of 22 Elijah Herbals, they're probably not going to win many games no matter how hard they coach you up. Well, no, that's true. I mean, you got a bunch of tryhards and you got some dudes. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, you at least got on the field, so I'm not I'm not throwing shade or smoke at you. Here's the other example. But like, I'm, I'm not we, Division One by any means. We, that's we why can, I'm here. We, we can kind of roll our eyes, too. Here, here's all the here's – the, here's the one, one, one of many teams, but here's the one team some dude can point to. Right. And and God bless Larry Coker and his career. Uncle Fester is what we called him 20 years ago. But the, the guy who took over for Miami, you would talk about getting gifted that 01 Miami team, that 02 Miami team. Like Uncle Fester just stayed the hell out of the way. Didn't screw it up. Don't crash the Ferrari. No, don't 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 breathe on it. Right. Just rub it with a diaper and let let them go do their thing, because if they're motivated and locked in. Yeah. They, they're going to go annihilate anybody and everybody they play. Just stop them from recording rap songs on the ninth floor of their dorm and you're good. That's all you got to do. Yeah, <laughs> old Greg Olson still regrets that moment and that move, but you know, Greg Olson didn't even see the field uh, for, for quite a while. We'll have some more uh, NFL thoughts here as Zach Taylor and Cincy on to another AFC championship game. And a reminder about getting... Buckled up, right, uh, this time of year, any time of year, uh, vital for you to stay safe. Using your seatbelt saves lives, prevents injuries. Only if properly worn, buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Who's with us? We go to, we go to Paul in Lincoln. Paul, go for it. Thanks for calling. Hey, guys. The best example I think of a coach over recruiting, look at Oklahoma in 2000. Bob Stoops uh, takes over a program that was just mediocre at best, goes undefeated. He moved a few players around. He could see the talent that was on the roster that just hadn't been developed correctly or being used correctly, and he turns it into a national championship that first year. Uh, he Yeah, it was, uh, I think, uh, year two for Stoopsy. Uh, the year one. Yeah, it, was, it was second year. But John, uh, Brother John that was there, before he got there, he had guys on the wrong side of the ball, but, yeah. he, but he had elite talent he had recruited. Yeah. He had recruited at a high level. He just couldn't coach it appropriately. Well, closer to home, you could go to that transition between Callahan and Pelini, where Callahan had a whole bunch of talent sitting on that roster, and then Pelini's able to orchestrate a quick turnaround because he came and coached that talent up. I mean, that, that, so, that, that's an example. Closer so, to home, it didn't have the same national championship so you implications. Had, you, had the, you had the recruiting base there of dudes, but you were never able to tap into their full potential until uh, Stoops got there, Polini got there, and you saw what 09 was specifically on the defensive side of the ball. Paul, thanks for the phone call, bud. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yep, good stuff from Paul. But, no, I mean, Oklahoma's uh, – that, that's that's case in point. Um, it, 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 it takes both, but the scale – 
is is to me slightly, maybe a little more than slightly. We've, we've had more input and feedback where you know, talent wins, and, and that's what you're trying to get is high-level elite talent. But it's got to be coachable, and you've got to be able to coach it. Well, you know, coaches say, if I get somebody like a Grandy Gregory, my, my, you know, as Kaz's take, my, my job is just not to screw him up. Well, mm-hmm. he didn't. He did a good job coaching him and, and well, those guys. Up. But well, the point is this. Don't, don't let them waste away and never, man, what, what, why didn't we see more of X, Y, and Z? You, there, there's that guy, too, on your, on your football team for years. There's been examples of that recently with Nebraska where the guy goes on or goes somewhere else. Not all the time, but you're wondering why somebody's a better pro than they are a college guy. Yeah. And, and- Terrell Davis at Georgia comes to my mind. Uh, I also look, I mean, closer to home at, at Nebraska, you look at Wandale's success going off to Kentucky where you kind of looked at yourself and you said, man, was Wandale just a guy that wasn't fit for the Big Ten? Well, well no, Wandale should have been carrying the ball 30 times up the middle. And that's coaching. That's coaching, <laughs> but the, the, the talent's there. It's decision-making. <laughs> and, and, and I guess that's where I'm coming. Is You know what? I'm probably going to err again still on the side of, of coaching over recruiting because – you can get lucky on the recruiting trail. You can luck your way into some talent that you didn't think that they were as good as they ended up being. You can't luck your way into coaching up talent. If, if you're going to turn a guy into something, there's no luck involved with that. It's hard work and knowing what you're doing as a coach to be able to take a guy who's, you know, he's got some flashes in high school where turn him into an all-conference type guy. There's no luck in that. Whereas you can go, you know what, you can go find a guy on the recruiting trail and some coach tells you about some kid you never heard of before and you say, well, I, I, tr- I trust my guy. I'm going to send out an offer and this kid turns into an all-conference kid. There can be a little bit of luck there, and it comes with coaching, I guess, as well. So it's recruiting's important, but coaching is the be-all, end-all. You, you can eliminate bad recruiting with coaching. You can't eliminate bad coaching with recruiting, in my humble opinion. You know, it's um, going to be fascinating to hear Coach McBride. I'm anxious to talk to him, too, a little bit here about about recruiting ties, mm. right? Let's Let's talk a little bit here about how some of those are formed. We know some of the rule backstory with guys he's elevated with their career and their coaching journey, but just how are you able to, to have a, a connection? And it's fascinating. I know with Coach McBride, he's always got his ears open in Arizona and his hometown of Chicago and uh, people in Kansas City, but that's... Who's on the horn to you about a guy you got to come see? Do you take the time to listen? Do you get him to Lincoln? Right? A lot of that has gone on for years. We'll uh, wind down hour one. Hail Varsity, we're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. How did I fare versus Elijah in the stake in the beer bets? The tallies on the way. <laughs> 